feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life that you are on and can hear me okay? Yes, I'm doing great, Tammy. I'm able to hear everything okay. Are you able to hear me okay? I am. I can hear you, I can hear you just fine. So um, you're doing okay today? I am. I'm excited for tonight. Um, really been looking forward to it. So I'm, I'm yes. excited <laughs> that you're excited because that in itself is just, that's amazing because, you know, we've been trying for this for a long time. 
Yes. <laughs> a long time coming. So you guys, um, I'm going to go ahead and share. For those of you who do not know, Victoria is my cousin. I call her my cousin daughter because <laughs> I really feel like she's just, just a part of me in so many ways. She reminds me so much of myself sometimes. It's scary. Um, and I've always felt just a connection to her. I've not always did, and I'll share some of that because as I read through the book, there was just so many things that came up and in, 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 in my spirit. So I'm thankful that you're here and doing this show. I'm thankful for the book and just what we're going to talk about tonight because it's so needed. It's, it's Grief is something that we cannot avoid. It is it is part of life. I heard someone say, and I wish I could think of her name, but I cannot, um, that love is the price grief is the price we pay for love and at first I didn't get it I didn't I didn't quite understand it initially but after letting it kind of soak a minute um I get it so um I'm glad we're here tonight because so many people especially young people deal with it um and I don't know if Everyone truly gets it when you're so young, when you deal with it, when you have to face it when you're so young. So I'm excited about tonight's topic. Um, moving right along, want to just, for those of you who, Rodney is not on with us tonight, and if you don't know um, by now, he they did have a baby girl. She is just absolutely beautiful. She's healthy. So Rodney, of course, uh, is doing what a father should do. He's taking some time off um, so that he can be there for these, this this first stage of her life and to help Tamaria. Tamaria is doing fine. Um, I'm speaking with them frequently, so they are they are just fine and the baby's fine. So could not ask for any more than that. So Rodney will be back on um, just kind of when he's ready to and feels like he can step away without. Um, causing any any shuffle in that in that part of the world so we are thankful to god for a healthy baby and a father that is willing to take some time off um we hear so many things about our fathers especially our black fathers so we're thankful um and rodney and i in talking said that we're going to probably do a show he realizes he said i have no respect for a man that is not there because I don't see how a woman can go through this alone, not, you know, emotionally, financially, just the whole thing. So um, we'll talk about that more. So want to remind you all to move your trash cans uh, if for new listeners, and I hope we do have some new listeners that are here in support of Victoria. Um, but we ask just to promote the need for change, and this is so relevant to this topic because this is, to me, one of the, one of the most, um, I don't know the word for it, I would say difficult change because you really have to give up. And like many things, it, you, you really have no control. I mean, you truly have no control and sometimes no control over your emotions, your feelings, um, so much. So just to keep your mind abreast to change um, and the need for it, just to get your mind conditioned to being um, observant of the small things now, we ask that you move a trash can, one that you visit frequently. And in doing so, 
If you're normal like us, and I'm going to use that word normal because I have not had anybody move this trash can or a trash can and not return to its old location at least once. So move your trash can and then monitor how often you return to the old location of the trash can, so where you moved it from. And let that be a reminder of how we keep up our mind keeps up with the smallest, most insignificant things in life. And imagine what we do with those difficult times, such as losing losing a loved one. Imagine what, what how we can easily get stuck in that moment of grief. So allow it to be a remind, reminder. This is something that I ask couples to do that I work with, um, and I use it saying, you know, it's it's even easy to get stuck in being stuck with how you respond to your mate. You can just see it as normal. So move it. If you're a new listener, come back and share it with us. If you're a new listener, welcome. We thank you, and we hope that you will be back with us soon. We're here every Tuesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. You can call in or you can listen through our chat line, through Facebook, any social media. So, Victoria, as you know, um, I just read the book yesterday, and um, yeah. <laughs> I tried a few times, and I I just couldn't get 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 through it. And I didn't make it through yesterday like without having the emotions, and that's okay. That's 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 normal. They weren't as bad as it was initially, and I'm gonna say this. Um, it was hard for me, and it's, this is kind of a selfish thing. And I'm I'm going to go back to something Miss Earlene, um, and I don't know. I mean, Miss Earlene is my spiritual mom, and and if, and if you're a regular listener, you've probably heard her on here. And so I remember her telling me um, once that death, losing someone, the way we view it, um, is almost a selfish thing. She said because we we are we are focusing on the things that we won't have anymore. Like, I won't have this, I won't have that. And so as I was reading um, your mom's part, um, I just wondered, I, tr- I started counting, like, how old was I? Where was I? Like, what what state of mind was I in to not be there more? And I just equated to young and foolish and wrapped up in your own stuff. So I'm going to start this show out by saying, and 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 this is not like I've had. Um, as you grow and you and you become wiser, um, there's something serious about the word God saying we don't need to be on milk anymore. We are supposed to be wiser as we grow older. So I would only hope that if 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 this happens to another family member that I love dearly, that 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 my mind and my body goes there. So I'm going to start this show off by saying, I'm sorry that I wasn't there more during the time that your mom was here. And that's how I'm going to start it out. Um, We're going to get through this show without, well, maybe we don't need to worry about tears. If we need to cry, let's cry. But I just want to start it out that way, saying that I'm sorry that I only showed up at the funeral. I saw your mom briefly. Um, I got the call from my dad. I remember and I started, and again, I think even this, but I just need to say it. I remember he called, my dad called, and I. for those of you who know my dad, and all of you probably do, when my dad calls, 
So, I, you know, back then, I hear from him a lot more now, so let me give him his kudos. But back then, when I when he called, I knew it, this is serious. And so I did come, but I just wish I was there more before the final hour. And so I just want to start it out with that. Um, second, I was tormented by what song, because initially – I thought, okay, I need a different song to start the show out with. And I thought, and it was going to be a sad song, I would say, sad song, how we always go there. And I thought, you know, (laughs) for somebody, for Valerie K. Washington to have, and and I I, I need to say Arnold Washington, to have so (laughs) much faith during this time. Like, I, I, I remember turning to Jimmy a few times and saying, I feel almost cheated. And I, I just feel like God, for somebody to have so much faith and to never question anything that you do, good, bad, and give you praise and thanks on the good days just as much as any other. I mean, because sometimes we can forget when it gets good. And so I thought, how dare I start this this show off with a song that's sad because she spoke life. And so that song, no, just play your speak life because that's what I got out of that. Like I lived, you know, no matter what, I lived and I had faith in my God. And that to me is just like what you start the book out with, endurance. Like so I just want to turn it over to you. Tell us about Victoria and then um, as as much as you want to start out with about your mom and then we'll get into some of the things of the book. We're not going to give you all of the book because, people, we want you to read the book. Um, And more importantly, I think it's share it with a young person. There are many grief groups for young people. If you know some, if you don't, start one in your church. Start one at your school because I bet you that there's some little person that will benefit from this and that will benefit from an organization that allows young people to come and grieve in whatever way they would like to. So, Victoria, I'm turning it over to you. All right. So, hey, everybody who is tuning in right now. Uh, Once again, I'm Victoria Arnold, um, author of my book, Behind Closed Doors. actually started writing this book back in about 2012, before that, prior to that, I had found my mother's journal and um, just was able to read her everyday life and, you know, a lot of the things that she experienced. Um, she documented, like, her surgeries and treatments and just regular stuff that she would do with her family. And reading that, I always thought in the back of my mind, like, wow, this is something that should be shared with people, Um especially people who may be dealing with cancer um, or any type of illness in general um, or sickness. So back in about 2012, I began writing it. Um, I had a a lot of doubt in my mind, honestly, whether this was something that should be shared or whether it was something that, you know, maybe I'll just write it and just keep it to myself. Um, And then I kind of made a decision a couple of years ago Yes, this is definitely something that needs to be published. It needs to be shared. I kept meeting people who were losing parents, or I kept 
talking to different people who would say, oh, I know someone who, you know, just lost their mom or just lost their dad or just lost, like, a sibling or someone close to them. Um, So this book, just encountering those people and always having that in the back of my mind just really pushed me to get this book out there and make sure that people are able to read it, relate to it, and that it can touch someone. So here we are. Um, started in 2012, so what, six years later, and it's finally out, <laughs> and I have no regrets, so, yes. <laughs> okay, and tell us about, as we start to, before we start to, um, any words that you just kind of like to give about your mom prior to any anything? Oh, yeah, so my mother was a very like very into her relationship with God. She was very spiritual, um, very quiet, but also still at the same time if she had something to say, she knew how to like pull you to the side and say it to you. So um, she was kind of like a mom to many people. Like a lot of my cousins, they would look at her as a mother as well. Um, She always put people in, you know. We had a lot of people who would just kind of stay with us and, just sharing that experience of what it's like to to be a Arnold as well. So she's a very sweet lady, um, very faithful with her relationship with God. And I think the saying that she always said the most, as me and Tammy have discussed, was always this two shall pass. And she always looked on the bright side of things, no matter what was happening, no matter what was said. She was just very, very positive. No matter, despite any situation that she was put in. Okay, I'd like to. Um, ugh, it's kind of hard. Okay, I'd like to start with. Uh, we talked. I mentioned endurance, and you start the book out. Endurance: the ability to resist, withstand, recover from, and have enmity to trauma and fatigue. Through the trials and tribulations, you loved me and I loved you too. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Valerie K. Washington Arnold. And just after that, um, this is the dedication, I, I, I think, to your mom. My mother, Valerie K. Washington Arnold, was born on August 24, 1959. She married my father, Joe Arnold III, on September 27, 1986, in Thomasville, Georgia. My parents moved to Atlanta, Georgia together after they married. My mother gave birth to my big sister, Valenita Arnold, and on June twenty seventh on June twenty seventh, nineteen eighty seven, and seven years later, I, Victoria Arnold, was born on April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety four. My mother nicknamed me Tori and Valenita Val. Every fourth Saturday morning my mama took my sister and me to choir rehearsal while she attended her nursing guild meetings. And every Sunday morning, she had Bobby Jones' gospel playing on all the TV, all the TVs in the house while we got ready for church. She always made sure we were involved in church as well as outside of the church. We played the piano, took ballet lessons, participated in after-school activities, sang in the choir, served as ushers at church, and even helped out at the annual church health fair. By getting us involved, my mama helped Val and me to step outside of our comfort zones and exercise our social skills. She challenged us to be great. She was an an amazing and amazing example of a God-fearing, graceful, and 
ambitious woman. On June 11, 2003, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. I often reflect on the things I watched my mom go through during this time in her life. She had multiple surgeries, countless chemotherapy, and radiation treatments. For years, I have struggled to find the perfect word to define her spirit and true character during the trying times in her life. Then one day, God led me to the word endurance. My mama endured so much during her life, and she never gave up despite all odds. And so I'll go back to starting from June 11th, the date that um, the first recording of her her words, I, in, in going to the end where you decided to stop, I didn't see a moment of um, complaining. And it, it it made me put the book down a few times and think, how dare I complain or how dare we complain about small things in life and how could someone remain so, um, I mean, you talk about her getting up fixing breakfast. Um, she speaks about her 5 a.m. Um, prayer moments, you know, getting up, doing her meditation. And she's so thankful down to, being thankful for just seeing you and Val have another birthday, being able to take you on a field trip, um, and being able to walk around with, with, and she's so descriptive, and and taking a few short (laughs) breaths but making it through. And so it was just like it was so, the, the thankfulness and the gratefulness was so particular until, again, it makes you just kind of sit back in your chair and think, and that's exactly what happened. I had to just kind of sit back and put my back to the chair and think, how dare we complain? And so when you go back to endurance, um, that's a great attribute, a great character quality that we all should hope for because I, I, I don't know many women that I, I can say would, would go through what she went through and still have that kind of faith. So any words on that? I would say um, for me it, it was very, it was a hard piece to write, even though essentially I was just literally typing up the words from her journal um, and just putting them into the Microsoft Word at that time. But it was very a hard introduction to write um, just because as I was writing it and even going back and reading it, I still get really emotional because I just kind of get those flashbacks of what those times were like and what those days were like for her and then for my family as well. So I would say it's it's honestly my favorite part of the book because although she's not here, a lot of people, I have friends who, you know, did not get to meet her, um, and then coworkers who I, I talk about my mom a lot, and, you know, they didn't get to meet her. But for people to be able to read that part of her life, I hope and I also feel like they are able to have met a part of her, although she's no longer here. And that her words would encourage, as she was an encourager as well. She, Your mom has always had a very peaceful, peaceful, calming Spirit, 
from from a little from just what I can remember as a little girl. And so as I read through the book, I, I went through, Victoria, a few of the days that um, and there were quite a few, and we won't go through all of them, but um, I she was diagnosed on June 11, 2003. And so fast forward to Thanksgiving Day, November 27th, um, just a few months later, it reads, Thanksgiving Day, 2003, exclamation point. I thank God for this day. He allowed me to have activity of limbs, a sound mind, a good appetite, and be with my family and friends. God is good all the time. And so there's one. It starts out a few months later, a good appetite. And that that struck me because how often do we thank God um, just to have an appetite because there's so many, so many people who, and I think your mom understood that, it just to have because of course she was she worked in a hospital and and sure saw many people come in and not be able to eat even if they had that appetite. So it's like she went right from from being diagnosed to think, to being even more thankful for the things in life that many of us take for granted. So that led me to December twenty fifth. Um, all my family is here. Happy birthday, Jesus. We had a blessed time. God has been so good to my family, my loved ones, and me. My daughter Val presented me with a Christmas card with words that are from our Father, Jesus. And and you guys who are listening, this is like this is this is her journal. This is someone who's who's facing one of the most challenging times of life. And this is her journal. These are the words that you continue to, to to read, thanking God for just life, one more day, and what that day consists of, whatever, whether it was surgery, she was continually to, continuously thanking him. January 1st, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Victoria. January 1st, Happy New Year, Lord. You've allowed me to see another year through the trials and tribulations. You love me. And I love you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. So, Victoria, I know that you found this her journal later um, during this time. And you were how old were you at this time? Was it thirteen? Yes, when she well, okay. when I lost. Her, well, no, you were 13. a little bit younger, right? Two thousand four. Yeah, this, this would have been two thousand four. Yeah, so two thousand four, I was getting ready to turn ten, so I was still nine. <laughs> Right, right, and so endured it from uh, for several years because you were thirteen when it when when she finally went home, right? Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, okay. So tell anything yeah, you want. Okay, you want to jump in and kind of tell us about the initial. I know you were young, but do you um, do this for our young people? Because if if they're not on tonight, then hopefully somewhere this show will will be available for life. Um, that some young person may be listening. What was that time like? Just hearing the initial um, diagnosis. Did you understand? Do you do you remember how you felt at that time, as, as far as understanding what was going on? Um, I I think I don't really I didn't really take into account how serious it was just at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood, like, okay, 
you know, my mother is sick and, you know, she goes to the doctor for treatment. She, she's more tired than usual sometimes. Um, I don't think it really hit me until she had that surgery. And then I walked in the room and I was like, well, this isn't the mom I know. Um, <laughs> so I think initially right off the bat, I just, it didn't really set with me until she had surgeries and we had to keep going back and forth to the hospital. Um, but it was, it was hard to accept it after that. But initially it was just kind of like, okay, this is happening. Um, not really understanding all that's happening or understanding how serious cancer was because she was the first person I knew to have cancer. Um, I didn't realize, you know, once again, how serious it was until I actually saw her in the hospital bed and realizing that, she couldn't just necessarily get up and go or, you know, come to certain events, you know, that we were having. So, mm-hmm. Was that a, the first surgery or did it did it come to the light for you more so towards the, the, the where the surgery started to slow down, where she, with the, her, you know, really started to see changes in her? Um, I would say maybe a little after the first surgery. Okay, um, okay. The first surgery was, I, I think it was in and it was kind of in and out. So it wasn't, she wasn't there for like a week or anything. Um, but as things started to progress and they started to find more things, it was kind of just like, okay, this is more serious than what, you know, I thought it would be. And at that time, I didn't realize cancer was essentially not um, curable. You know, there was no cure. Um I just kind of thought this was a phase, and we just got to get through it. Then we'll be done. But that wasn't necessarily the case. So, what can we as young people, going back to that day, that time, we as adults do for young people who um, nine, ten, eleven, you know, twelve, thirteen, just young people, teenagers, what what can we do if you had to? Looking back, what is it that you think you needed or would have been most beneficial for you at that time or during the time you you saw your mom, you know, going through this ordeal? I would say activities. Um, And, I mean, although I was involved with, like, church um, and whatnot, I would think more maybe recreational stuff like, uh, picnics or um, maybe just like those Saturday afternoon gatherings that people have at like YMCA. Um, say maybe more outreach, definitely, because there were a lot of days that I spent at a hospital with her, and I don't regret that at all. But there are days I wish that I was there was something there to kind of help me get my mind off of it at the same time. Mhm. Mhm. Do you think so I would definitely um, say maybe outreach. outreach? Do you think at that time, if it was offered at that time, do you think you would have been open to it, or would you have felt, um, would you have chosen to stay? And if so, and this is just kind of looking back, and again, I'm asking because I think sometimes young people will feel like maybe feel guilty if they leave, or maybe that something may happen if I leave. Or if they go and something happens, then they may feel guilty that they left. So 
do you think, and this is, again, just to help them see that there's no right or wrong answer. You just have to kind of live in the moment. Um, but do you think you would have been open to such activities if you would, if they were presented to you at that time? What would you have thought, just looking back now? Initially, I would have definitely been open to it, especially in the beginning, just because I really didn't understand how serious or how aggressive cancer could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely would have been open in, open to it. But in that last year of her life and just, you know, how things kind of just started to decline slowly, at that stage I probably would have maybe turned it down a little more. So it, okay. it's, it's kind of a mix. Um, at that at that ending point where we spent so much time at the hospital, I probably would have declined it just because I knew, okay, something serious is really happening. Um, but initially, and you were I a bit older, right? Yeah, yeah I how was much, older. So I was thirteen. How much is too much information? I've heard you mention because you didn't know a lot about cancer and just overall what to expect, like it not being a cure. How much information do you feel, um, do you think, okay, better way to put it, do you think it would have been beneficial for someone to say this is what cancer is, but still do you think that would have taken away your hope or would it been beneficial for you to understand cancer a bit better? I think it would have helped me understand cancer a lot better at the age of nine because that's, that's how old I was when she was first diagnosed. Um, would it have taken away hope? I I don't think it would have taken away all hope, but I think it would have made me really um, kind of scared, you know, of what, what could happen the next day or even the next week. Um, I think it would, it, well, maybe not, well, scared and anxious are about the same, but I would have felt more anxious had I knew, you know, there's there's no way to cure this thing and that it, it could go away or it could come back and be just as aggressive as it was before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So it just kind of depends on the, the situation, the, the, the person, the child, um, I, I think, I wonder, I don't know the answer to that either, you guys, but I, and, and you who are listening, you've heard, if you've listened before, that um, my grandmother um, was Victoria's mother's grandmother, so Victoria's great-grandmother, who, and I was about the same age as Victoria when she passed, um, and I remember um, and so grief doesn't go away. I mean, for, for our regular listeners, you've heard me on the show, I I, I will have my days um, or nights that it's just like it was yesterday. And a few years ago, I remember sitting in front of my dad and my son saying, it's just kind of crazy. And they were both looking at me like, I don't know what to do or what to say because I'm, I'm, I'm having a, gr- a day of grief because I said I just, like the older I get, the more I miss her presence, and it was it was just crazy to under you know. But I think when you don't have when you're younger, and Victoria, you can help me out on this. But I think when you're young, it's harder to find that closure because it's so much you don't know and you don't understand. And I don't think people take enough time 
to just sit with you and let you ask your questions, let you do whatever it is that you feel you need to do and ask and say. I don't think there's enough of that before, prior to um, death, and after. Certainly, certainly after, but Victoria, would you agree that it's just, um, it's almost as if, like divorce, like sometimes parents just think, oh, it's not, they're not getting divorced, you know, we are, and they don't, it's not going to affect them, but do, would you agree that there's not enough conversation about all of it? Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um I didn't have too much conversation, well, a lot of conversation with anyone really regarding cancer. Um, And I guess I had a lot of more questions in my head than what I would actually ask out loud. And I guess maybe that's more because of me being afraid of what that answer may be. Um, But, yeah, I would agree. I don't – there's not enough conversation about it. Okay, okay. So for those of you who are listening and and you know someone um, that is going through it or if you come to know someone that is going through it, you know, we have to talk about it just like anything else. So I'm going to go to January 3rd, Victoria, um, and I'm purposefully doing this because this talks some about your dad. Uh, January 3rd, 2004, it's Saturday morning, about 5.30 a.m. I'm up meditating with God. God is good all the time. I'm walking, talking, and I have no pain. I just feel very good today. My husband, Joe, has been so wonderful through it all since I have been diagnosed with breast cancer. He has taken me from, from my, taken me to my oncologist, radiologist, physical therapy, breast prosthesis, fitting, and surgery. He takes the kids to and from and their school activities. My God, I thank you for such a wonderful husband. Thank you for your love, wisdom, and understanding that you've placed on this family. I love you, God. Tell us about um, your dad and how, um, how how you feel he went through this. And how a bit further, because now um, you have your mom in the hospital or back and forth, you know, going through her ordeal. And so that means your your dad has to be uh, there with her, for her, which means there's kind of another void in the house. And I don't think people, adults, think about this as well with young people who are who are seeing this happen. What tell us about your dad, of course, um, and then how you feel that he endured it and the changes that affected you even the more. Well, to get started, um, my dad is definitely one of those people who are just kind of constantly on the go, trying to make sure that everything is taken care of, and always trying to make sure that he's able to uh, please and make everybody happy which can be a lot. Um, I think at that time um, with my dad having a deal, he did a lot of, a lot of driving then, uh, <laughs> driving me around. Um, at, at that point, you know, later on my sister was able to drive, so she was kind of able to help out. But he did a lot of driving back and forth, and 
a lot of times he may be at work on a job. He is self-employed. He does um, security, installing alarms. A lot of those times he may have had to leave a job just to come get me from school or pick my mom up from work or pick her up from a doctor's appointment. So I know for him it wasn't easy just because there were times where he literally had to get up and go and try to get maybe two or three different people and take them different places. Um, but he didn't He didn't complain about it. Even to this day, I, I never heard him talk about, you know, oh, this is too much or I'm tired. Um, he really was just like, well, we got to do what we got to do to get through it. You know, we're family. And even to this day, he says that to me and my sister, we're family. We're going to get through it and we're going to be okay. I think the way it affected me, watching my dad, you know, be there for my mom, be there for his children, it affected me in a good way because it let me know that, okay, when I settle down or when I get into a relationship as I get older, this is the type of man that I would want, somebody who doesn't complain and who can be there, you know, for their family and you know, their family is the priority and isn't out here making excuses or trying to get away. Because <laughs> it, 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 um, it takes a lot, um, I would say, I won't say a lot, it takes a different kind of man to stay and endure. And I, I don't think men get enough credit, those who stay, um, because I've seen women that uh, – have gone through sickness, and I've seen guys who take care of them better than their mom would have taken care of them. And I've seen some that just kind of go and do their own thing and, and be like, it's not my it's not my issue. And so kudos to your dad. I, I would not want to do this show without saying kudos to your dad, especially I wasn't there during that time, but I know how um, how he was after during the times that we would we would talk and how he was working hard to keep it all together and and just be positive for you all. Um, so kudos to Joe Arnold. I, I, I want to say that. And there's one in here that I I read and I can't go back to it. I thought I highlighted where your mom just. Ask for God's prayers over his life, like, you know, take care of my husband, basically. Um, and I'll maybe find that one, but it just shows, um, again, you guys, just what kind of woman Valerie K. Arnold Washington was, that her heart to think about um, even Father's Day, just another Father's Day that I'm here to be able to you know, honor my husband, so to speak. So fast forward, um, and this is something that was, um, I don't, I don't, I say new, but hope, I'm sure hopefully I knew this somewhere along the way, but I, I read in here and, and had to go back where April 12, 2004, um, Aunt Iola, your grandmother, there was a call. She says, I got a phone call from a family friend in Thomasville, Georgia, my mama was admitted to Arch Archball Medical Center in a, in a complete heart block. We thank you, Lord, for sparing her life. That was April 12th. Then April 28th, 
Today is another lovely day. I won't complain. Today, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He will begin radiation. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go through the process. Now, get this. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go through the process so I can support my dad through this time with radiation. That's powerful. So not only, this is not a year later, this is not a year from her being diagnosed, almost a year. April 12, 2004, gets, gets a call about mom and has to go, has to take off and go to Thomasville. April 28, dad is, is diagnosed with prostate cancer. And her words to God, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go through the process so I can support my dad through this time with radiation. That's the kind of mom you had, Victoria. And so I say that because, you know, um, not that it makes it any lighter for you, but 10 years, 13 years, 14 years with a mom with a heart like this is a lifetime. Like that kind of heart does not die. It lives on. That kind of person, with a, uh, that, a person with a heart like that does not die. He or she lives on because her life was about glorifying God and healing the sick and setting the captive free. And, like, to, to thank God that you know about radiation to the degree that you've had to go through it so you can help someone else is amazing. Any thoughts? Any any uh, feedback on that? Um, not not too much feedback on it. Um, I did think it was very very uh, selfless for yeah. her to just kind of say that. And um, she was. I, I felt like at that time because I remember when my grandfather was diagnosed, and she was a big influence in encouraging him to go to the doctor, take his medicines, and you know, informing him of just what that process would be like. I honestly think had it not been for her, <laughs> he might not have necessarily went through those steps that he needed to take to, to get through, you know, the, the prostate cancer and getting through that error. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, but again, amazing for, for your mom to look at it as a way of, you know, I can, I can help. So, I want to fast forward to, um, let's see, I have the book. Um, I noticed, and this is just um, February 14th, I'll say there's an entry. I guess let me ask this. Did you kind of pick and choose the entries that you want wanted to go in? Because I noticed February 14th, 2006, and then I noticed that the next entry was March 28th, 2006. Um, were, the, was, were there more in between there, or did you find many gaps in her writing? Oh, no. This is every um, entry that she made, so I didn't okay. cut anything out. Um, there were gaps. I, I try to – I've thought about maybe why there might have been gaps. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I, I made sure that I included every single entry that she had in her little booklet in here. So. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I did I did notice when I initially read it that there were some gaps in kind of like those those time frames. Mhm. Mhm. I I note I wrote noted here in the book thankful all the way. And this was after reading May 5th, 2006. She says, thank you, Lord, for another beautiful day. Today you allowed me to pick up my daughter, Valenita, from Spelman College. You've allowed me to see her complete one year of college. She is now home for the summer. Um, And then just after that, she's thankful for your field trip at Six Flags. And this is the one where she says, um, that you've allowed me to participate with Tori and her sixth-grade class. I enjoyed myself. I was able to walk around with frequent stops. Thank you, Lord, again, <laughs> for the strength, energy, and all. And, and see, it's so detailed to the point where she's, it's, it's positive versus negative because some of us would look at it as, as I had to make so many stops. And she's just thankful that I was able to get through it because of because I was able to make the stops. And so I just want people to see the perspective, to see. And it's not, I found myself, and I, I again, as I said earlier, feeling cheated or like feeling she was cheated. Like, I, again, I, I closed the book and I was like, Jimmy, I just, I don't know because there was so much faith here. And I could see where there could be so much from a healing. But God, you know, we don't know. Um, So I want people to really understand that our perspective, how we view things. And it doesn't mean that we may always get what we think we should get. Because it doesn't seem like she was worried about what she wanted. Now, I'm not saying that, of course, human. You have she. I'm sure she had days, but it seems as though whatever God's will was was all right with her. And that is a oh, place yeah. that I so desire to be. Like so desire to be. So, Victoria, did you did you? I mean, just. Did you get that? Like whatever God, whatever God's will is, I'm okay. I did. I definitely kind of felt that reading, and not really just reading, but just always watching her as well. Like when she was here, I knew that you know, no matter what, whatever was going to happen, that she was okay because she always knew that you know God is in control, and you know. God will provide, and He will always make a way. So, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so let's laugh a little bit, and then I want to make sure that everyone knows that you can call in eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. Select the number one if you have something to share with us, any questions, or just a tribute to. Um, Val, to Valerie K. Arnold Washington, or her daughters, Valenita and Victoria, who's on with, with me tonight. Anything, if, if you have a question about someone's grieving, especially a young person, um, select the number one. If you're listening through Facebook or any other social media, just call us. Call in 818-691-7406 and select the number one. If you're already on the line, select the number one and we'll get you pulled in. If you're in the chat room, I am back and forth, and I will get your questions in there. Um, 
Rhea is listening. Hello, Victoria and Tammy, she says. Thank you, Rhea, so much, and thank you for sharing it. She says, this is such a testimony. Thank you, Rhea. Keep the comments coming, well, thanks, you guys. Rhea. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So this was interesting to me because when I got to this part, um, I had to laugh. I mean, I just, it was so funny to me, and it was just like, because I could see, I could just see her having a good time after church with this sermon. And so, like, she just probably did open heart surgery on this on this sermon. And it's April 1st, 2007. And she says, thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day. Today I attended church at M- NMBC, and that's New Macedonia. What is it? Oh, yeah. Macedonia. New Macedonia Baptist Church. Okay, which she loved, loved, loved her church, you guys. There's several entries in about her church family as well. But she says, thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day. Today I attended church, and Pastor Anderson preached St. Matthew 21, 1 through 9, a donkey in God's plan. I had a hallelujah good time. It felt so good to be back in my church home. And it was something about just seeing her there that's that that day that sunday and going home and just i wish i wish there was more like i would have liked for her to write about this and it was so funny to me <laughs> and so i text victoria and told her um you know i wanted to just make this kind of a light thing i didn't want us to be so down about it so i told her about the part that made me laugh and she said that's funny because val and i laughed about it as well so, of course, me with my head, I thought, I wonder if she's speaking to us about that moment, you know, because we all found it really funny. Um, but I think just knowing her character and her love for God and being that she was going through what she was going through and where she was, like a donkey in, a God, in God's plan. Like I just see her as always seeing herself in God's plan no matter what the situation. It could be storming, but I'm in God's plan. And so I could just hear her afterthoughts that day. So, Victoria, tell me about your and Val's uh, experience with this day when you read this. Um, so definitely my mom was the type of woman. She would go to church, and then even when we get in the car before church or after church, she would always do, like, this double-hand clap. <laughs> and uh, that's when you know she just was really either feeling whatever song came on or – whatever sermon was preached or something that she said or that she's trying to get out. Um, So very funny um, to kind of, I would like to reenact the clap, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that. (laughs) But um, she would always just do a clap and that's when you knew, okay, she really liked today's sermon or she really liked the song on the radio. Um, and I know I, Val's uh, listening. Well, she is listening. So I know she's in her head, she's hearing that clap. But it was always like a two-hand clap that she would do, and sometimes three. And that's when you knew, like, okay, she loves it. So. Well, we're going to end so. this show with that clap, you guys. Well, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to you're gonna let us hear it, and then we're going to end the show with the clap. So now what I want to do, Victoria, because I know this was one of the reasons you wrote this, um, only appropriate that we learn more about your mom, Um, but we know that grief brings um, 
Losing losing a loved one brings great suffering and grief for those that they leave behind. So I want to move into a different part of the book. Um, several interesting things that you said. Uh, you were one I remember without even looking for about grief being like a stop sign. That was powerful to me. I'd never heard anybody. Um, Explain it that way, and I just visual vision you. So I want you to tell us about it. But I vision just like when you are when you're dealing with grief. Um, you know, there are birthdays, there are anniversaries, and you and I have talked about this many, many years back. I don't know if you remember this. Like, there's so many firsts and so many more things that that they're not here for, and so you're always, you know, people will say time. You know, it gets better with time, but does it? Because when you're, especially when you're so young, um, even at even at that that little Val Valentina's uh, age, there's still so many, so much more of life. And when you've already established the type of relationship that you all had as mother and daughters, um, it's difficult. It's truly difficult to. Um, do life or to get, I guess, even get to the point where you can start to visualize life without the person. So there's a part I, wanna, I want to read here um, that, that was about, so I want you to speak on that, the stop sign. Like where did that come from? Where did you get that? Because that, that is powerful because there are so many stop signs, the birthdays, the anniversaries, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all those days that we sometimes take for granted because we have our loved ones here, Mother's Day, Father's Day, for those kids who have lost their fathers. Um, well, before I go on, let's talk about that. Like, do you remember thinking about that as a young, as your younger self, or did that come to you as you were writing the book about the stop sign? The stop sign came to me as I was writing the book because I wanted to, like, how do I – I guess when I was thinking about the fact that you don't want to get stuck in grief, you don't want that mm-hmm. to be so, like, bearing down on you, um, I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I describe it? And then I thought about it, when are the times that people grieve the most? And that's usually, you know, those first-year Christmases or Thanksgivings, death anniversaries especially. Um, so I thought about, well, it's a stop sign. You get to that place. And it's it's on that day, you know, you wake up, your spirits may be down, and that's okay. But just remember, after that day is over, or even if you find some joy in that day or something good is happening, keep going. Like, it's okay to cry. You know, I, I felt like with me, um, at the age of 13, losing my mom, I felt like as time progressed, I didn't think it it, I didn't felt like I didn't feel like it was getting easier for me. I felt like it was getting harder, and I just mm-hmm. think it was because there was so much going on, you know, school finances, and just really trying to navigate and figure out, with you know, figuring out how to just kind of go from a two parent household down to one, and um, also just dealing with so many emotions. So. For a long time, I felt like it was getting harder, and that was just because I didn't know how to deal with grief or, like, what to do with my emotions when I'm feeling, you know, 
all these different things, especially on holidays or anniversaries. So definitely came to me as I was writing. And that part didn't come until right before I sent it off for the uh, editing to my editor. And um, I was thinking, okay, I want to add a few more snippets in here. And then it just kind of, it came in those thoughts of how can I explain grief to people without it just sounding like, oh, this is something that happens every single day, 24 hours a day, when it's really not. It's just you get glimpses of those moments, and you have to sit down and deal with it. Right. And now there's another part here um, where you talk about it felt, it was if the hospital itself came to our home, and this is when she was able to return home after being in the hospital for a while. And I thought that was powerful um, to be able to see it as such at that age. Um, it, it It reads as follows. Around the middle of July, my mother finally got the opportunity to leave the hospital. We had to make multiple adjustments to the house before her arrival home. I thought... Uh, let's see, I thought that since she was coming home, it would be just her and her suitcase. Unfortunately, all of my mother's things from the hospital came home too. And when I read that part, of course, I'm thinking, you know, stuff, you know, dresses, shoes, and things like that. But you go on to explain her, t- her trachea tube, the feeding tube, and the machine that was with her in the hospital. It was as if the hospital itself came to our home. Despite everything that came with her, everyone was happy she was home, and by the look on her face, I could tell she was just as happy. There was a home nurse who would come to our house a couple of times a week to see my mom. So, again, I wanted to bring emphasis to that part because for our young people, maybe when, when someone is sick and they've been in the hospital, and now they're returning home. I spoke about or I asked you earlier, would com- well, we, did, we established, we said the conversations, more conversations, appropriate, of course, for the age, but, and sometimes we as adults, we're not thinking. We're just doing. We're, we're, we're operating in survival mode as well. But for young people, if it's, if it's, um, Whatever it is for us, meaning the, the, the depth of our pain, it is multiplied by an unimaginable number with our young people. Um, so, Victoria, during this time, would it have been helpful for um, if you were more prepared for what was coming home, the hospital coming to your house? Yes, I really wish somebody would have kind of like sat me down and said hey you know all I, all I heard was you know mama's coming home today and I was like great this is awesome um, I do wish I would have had that conversation or somebody would have just kind of explained she's coming home however you know she's, we're going to have this we're going to have that and I I think that would have helped a lot <laughs> Because I was right. kind of shocked. Right. I was like, well, what's all this stuff? But um, I just figured out. Right, because okay, well, you're excited. Like, hey, mom's coming home. Things are going to be better and that kind of thing. But when you see the hospital room in at home, um, it's different for your age. It's different at that time. And so for our oh, yeah. adults who are listening, 
um, keep that in mind. And this is what, and that's why I'm so, so thankful and so glad that, that you wrote the book, Victoria. I'm sure it was healing for you as well. Um, and for family members to to read it, it was for me. I wish I had read it. Just made myself tough it out sooner than later. Um, but nonetheless, I'm glad that I did. But for our young people, because this is something that if it's not dealt with, and a lot of times it's not, there are a lot of adults, many adults. I can tell you, I've been one for a long time. Like I'm still dealing with the fact of losing my grandmother at such a young age and the unbearable um feeling of what um and yes I had I had my mom I had you know another grandmother but for that time when 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 you're when you're when you see your safe place you have like this is home for you whatever that is and wherever that is when it's um when when things change at that age there's a feeling that you can't explain. You'd have to be you have to be there, you have to go through it. And so I can vouch that, that more conversations needs to take place during times like this. Don't just assume that young people know what's going on. Don't assume that they don't have emotions and and feelings. They are multiplied. So share that with people in your life, friends, family. So, Victoria, I want to get really before it's a little after nine, so we'll try to go a little bit longer. I want um, you to kind of tell us um, life, because you, you endured some difficult times. Um, I remember many conversations um, that we had after, after um, the death of your mom. So, but even even so, there were still things that I learned in this book. Um, so tell us as much as you'd like to share without giving the book away because we we went through a lot, but just kind of tell us, speaking to those young people and giving them some hope, um, what you went through, what was your, if you can remember your, your, your worst day, but you made it through. And looking back, how do you continue to go forward? What has brought you here? Okay, so do you want me to describe my worst day or just kind of just? Um, well, the the reason I want to because yeah, if you if you can remember and if you don't mind taking us there, like what was that moment where you just felt? Because um, like you said, you said there were times where you people say about time that it didn't get better for you. You felt like it didn't get better. There was a time where you know the more time went by, the worse it seemed to get. So what, yeah, like what do you think your worst day was? When did the aha moment come and say, I got to do something? I would definitely say um, high school, you know, as I had graduated high school and just I had a big setback. And if you um, have read the book or if you've gotten it or plan to get it, you'll read a lot about it. Um, We're just trying to uh fund and finance going to school and I I had to sit out you know a whole semester almost a year actually I did I graduated in May I didn't start classes for college until May of that next so I graduated May 2012 didn't start classes till May 2013 so pretty much like a year later um 
was when I was able to start going to school. And between that time, after I had graduated, I was working at a fast food restaurant that I just despised so much um, just because I had so many friends who I saw were going to school and, you know, having fun on college campuses. Um, I think at that moment in my life, just realizing that here I am experiencing like a major setback. A lot of kids want to go off to college, want to decorate a dorm, and there I was not being able to do that. And just kind of realizing that if my mom was here, I knew there it would have been different. You know, of course, because, you know, income, it would have been two-parent household income versus just a single um, parent income there would have been um, – it, it just would have been so much more. And I think at that moment when I was at that, that really dark time in my life, I wanted out and I wanted to not feel the way I used to feel every day. And I, I would wake up with no expectation. I, I used to wake up and just really not have a good outlook on life at all. So – just kind of striving and looking for that way out and beginning to pray to God again and just reading my Bible, reading certain scriptures is how I was able to encourage myself. And even today, even if I do have a rough time or if I'm going through a rough patch, I rely on my Bible. I rely on praying to God and just really making sure that I'm able to, you know, you've always expressed yourself to God, but really making sure that I'm getting off my heart how I feel and even writing about it, finding something, you know, recreational to do, um, whether it's at home or whether out in the community. So that time definitely helped me find a way and stick with the way that can get me through if a time like that were to come again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, what I think I hear you telling me, and, and, and let me say this for, for young people. Well, let me go back because we have some, some um, comments from the chat room. Uh, Val, your sister and friend, she says, hey, y'all. <laughs> um, and I hope it's okay. I didn't even ask her it's okay to read it, but I'm going to read it too late now. She just says, hey, y'all, I'm too emotional <laughs> to call in, but I wanted to say this is such a great discussion. She says, I'm so proud of Victoria. And so, um, and she says she knows that conversations like this will help many people. I so agree, and that's why I'm so glad. Um, Victoria, I just want to stop and tell you again that we are very proud of you. You've come so far, and I was just typing Val back a message, but I'll read it. Um, I was just saying that, again, we are proud of you, and I told her I understood, and that I know your mom is clapping and having a hallelujah time with this discussion. So, um, or about this discussion. I know she, just to see us um, conversating, or because your mom's big on family, just to know that we are, you know, connecting, you know, with even Rico coming. She was just all about family. And, um, and I know that, and I'm sure everybody else who's listening and knew her knows that as well. So, um, so Val says, yes, I could share. I'm glad because I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just a, just an awesome time. Um, 
Let's see, Victoria, I we didn't talk about this part, but um the day and the hour or the minute that you saw your mom um take her last breath and you talked about how peaceful and you were there. You were there. And um I was reading and just I won't go back and read that part, but I remember um just as I was thinking, oh my gosh, she's seeing far too much. It was almost as if I could visualize this moment. And then just after that, you said there was a nurse, you heard a nurse say, um, I think, like, she doesn't need to be seeing this. And you said, like, too late now or something. Some, do you remember that time? Do you remember that hour? I do. Um, very, very tough. Uh, to even go back, I actually really haven't went back to to read it. After I wrote it, I was just like, okay, I don't want to go back and read it. Um, but it it was it was tough to to be there to be that young, and essentially in that one day, I had to get in my head and understand that this was it, and not really having any warning about what was what could possibly happen or what was a big possibility with her going into that hospice. I just, I knew I just didn't get a good feeling when she got there, but just not really understanding what hospices were for or what, you know, what essentially they normally result in, um, which is, you know, majority uh, death, unfortunately. But I, I do, I remember that day. I still think about it a lot sometimes. Um I felt like in a sense it kind of it, – it's kind of scarring a little bit. But I, if I could go back and if I could have changed it, I wouldn't have changed it just because I'm so happy that we were able to be there with her. And I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine having been at school and someone having to check me out to tell me mm-hmm. that type of news. I couldn't imagine it had been that way. So. Right. Although it was hard to watch, I'm so happy it went the way that it did. And I think she she wanted us there with her when she was making that transition out of this world. So I'm just happy that it went that way. I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of young people need to hear because um, we can get into this, well, what if, and what if I didn't know this, or what if I didn't see this, to say that if you could, yes, it was hard, it was difficult to endure, but you were there because you you know now that it made a difference for her to have you there. And so sometimes, especially for our young people, but it's so important that we as adults get this too, that we don't have an easy button, that life life is hard, and there are challenges that we go through, you know, I do this every week, and I and I try to stay positive. I try to post positive things, but I have my days where, and I had one of those today, and I don't know if it just was just emotion, feeling emotional, but I thought about every person that meant something to me that I that I lost. It is just like it was this heavy spirit on me today, and I even shared, and I said, and that's that's kind of different. I shared that I woke up all in my feelings this morning. And God just sent me, he heard my silent cry, and he sent me sweet reminders. Um, just just a lot of positive, nurturing things happened today in the midst of my feelings. And to me, all I could think about was 
God telling me, I got you, I'm carrying you. Because, Victoria, what you just said about you can't imagine being at school and someone coming to get and tell you, and I'm saying this, y'all, because I'm 50 years old, and when I told you guys a few years ago, I sat before right in Leary, Georgia, I sat in front of my dad and my son crying. Like, I said, I feel like I'm losing my mind because I I just feel like I keep remembering things that she would say to me, and I was young, but I was that little person that I was checked out and told, your grandma's dead, and that was kind of it. That was it. I went back home and stood there, and there she was, but not 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 alive. And there were so many questions, so many unanswered questions. And so, Victoria, um, again, you are helping young people. So as your mom said about radiation, Lord, thank you for letting me go through this so that I can help my dad. What you did is what your mom lived for, to instill in you all, you and Val, siblings, everybody, what we're here for, and that there is no easy out. There's no easy button. Grief is one of the most difficult things that we'll deal with. And, yes, there are questions, why now, why her, why Lord, but God. And so if 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 the person, um, if your mom, endured this battle in the manner that she did, then who are we? Who are we to complain now? Yes, we can grieve now. We can we can come up on these stop signs as fast as we want, as slow as we want. All that matters is that we don't stay there, that we pull off. Because you know what? She wouldn't want any one of us to stay at those stop signs. And so for my young people, look at it as living and growing and moving forward, not forgetting, um, not not grieving, but living, moving forward, having courage to stop at those stop signs. Stay as long as you want. Let the people behind you honk. Let them say she's in a better place, he's in a better place. Let them say, oh, time, do what you need to do for you. Ask for the help. Yep. Take the time you need. So we have a call of Victoria, um, and I failed to let you guys know that how we how we identify you and bring you into the call, we provide the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits. So right now I'm pulling in someone from 336 area code, the last four digits, 4001. Caller, thank you, and you're on the air with us. Hello, my name Hello. is Dave, and I am Victoria's adopted god sister. Um, she probably thought I was going to be on here, but I tried to catch it as soon as I got out of a rehearsal. Um, everybody that's listening doesn't know me. Val knows me. Tori knows me. But um, <laughs> me and Tori met at like a very, like, I don't know, a certain place. When I found out about the book, I ended up sending her this long, long paragraph. Probably had her crying. But I met Tori, I believe, when we were like 14 years old. Um, and we met each other. I didn't really know her mom. I had just, like, started going to New Macedonia. Didn't know her mom at all. But all I know was my mom was like, you need to meet this young lady. I think you'll be good for her. I think you guys will be great friends. And, you know, she's had a mom that passed away. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, I don't know what to do. 
how can I help this girl? And I don't, I've never dealt with any type of death this serious. And when I met Victoria, like, there was times when I guess, you know, I saw that she was down. But from the outside looking in, I never, when I read this book, I cried, and I might cry now, but I never knew that my best friend, my little sister, was going through so much because I guess me being in her life, I was trying to bring some laughter, some light. Like, it would be times when I would say, Mom, drop me off at Tory's house because we need to play Sims and we need to stay up and bake cupcakes and cookies. <laughs> and we did this all the time. And it's amazing to me, like, the strength that you have, Tori. And I tell you this all the time. Like, you have so much strength. And I feel like your book, you're exemplifying strength. You've exemplified strength through your mom. And even though I didn't get to meet her, I met everybody else in her family except for her mom. After reading her book, I told myself that I will not try to complain about anything else. I will not complain about the smallest things to my job, to my living arrangements, because like you said earlier, the simple fact that what her mom went through, you can still say every day this too shall pass and that I'll get over this and I'm thankful for this day. It's the little things we forget that we don't thank God for, and she did that. And I just told myself, like, I'm, I'm not going to complain no more. I'm not going to complain no more. And every time I do think, I think about that book, and I'm like, okay, you know, let me go look at Tory Page or something to tell myself I'm not going to complain today. It's not happening. It is not happening. But I just want to say from her best friend, from the big sister, the twin, Tori, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And I'm going to say it until you can't hear me more. So many people <laughs> are so proud of you. And I can't tell you that enough. And you are just a light, a light of sunshine. Keep being that way. All the way from Cincinnati, your twin sister loves you. And you need to know that. And you're doing great. Keep doing great. You're going to be great. You're already great. Thank you, Jane. I'm over here tearing up. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love you way more. And, yes, like, as Jane said, me and Jane met, like, uh, right after um, I had lost my mom. So it was just, like, that excitement of, like, a new friendship and just doing a bunch of crazy stuff, going to Walmart and staying up all night. Um, Definitely a, a good friend that I needed, like, at that time to just kind of help me get my mind up stuff. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Of course. And, Jade, um, thank you because you don't – you may you may think that you missed some things, but you were there and you did what you were there to do. Um, those late <laughs> nights, those, those what cookies, whatever it is that y'all – I'm sure Victoria had you eating something sweet. <laughs> so <laughs> – I'm so sure you you know she a friend that she wouldn't have needed a friend that wanted salads and healthy and all that and not want and want to sleep at night. So God knew exactly what He was doing. He sent the perfect match for her, from what I can tell now. Okay, so don't yes, think that. it was it was something great. Like I don't know, even when we met, we would literally go places with each other, and people would say, "Are you guys twins?" And we would look at each other and we'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like so weird because we met at the most, the best time I can say now. But like I said, from reading her book, the different things that she endured, 
I don't know. She didn't. I didn't see that side. I mean, of course, she called. I called her crying. She called me crying about different things. But I don't know. I guess God had me just there to just shield her or to just not even let her talk down and let her see the brighter side or to let me be the brighter friend or whatever I was supposed to be. But it worked out the way it did. And, I mean, me and her, we've been inseparable since we've been 14. And, I mean, I'm miles away from her. And, and it made a difference since. Well, thank you. We, from from her family, I, I just thank you. Thank you for being there. Um, and you of were there course. and did what you were supposed to do. Anything else you want to share, Victoria? Any anything for no, Jay? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I just said I'm not gonna cry anymore, so I'm good. Okay. Okay. Okay, well thank you. And I'm gonna put you back in queue. Well, wonderful, wonderful. And there you go again. God God knows what we need before we know it and it's already in his plan to provide it. Um so kudos to Jade. Um and kudos to you, Victoria, for being open. Another message for our young people, be open. Keep yourself open. You know, that there there are stages of grief. And, and, and I, 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 for the most part, agree with all these stages, although I think that there are some stages that people need to rediscover and talk about and add to this list, um, which is denial and shock, anger and guilt, bargaining with ourselves or with God, deep sadness or despair, acceptance. Um, Victoria, and I'll, I'll read those again if you need me to. Do you, and we'll get ready to bring it to a close if there are no more questions or comments. And if there is, you guys, please call in 818-691-7406. Select the number one. Chat room is open as well. So those, again, stages of grief, denial and shock, anger and guilt, bargaining with ourselves or with God, deep sadness and despair, acceptance. Which of those were the most challenging for you? Or that you think you stayed in the longest? Probably, I I definitely stayed in shock for a long time just because I didn't really, and acceptance, I will say acceptance. Denial, Mm -hmm. I mean, not denial, shock and acceptance, um, I believe is where I was kind of stuck at just because I just kept thinking, like, this isn't, you know, this isn't real, or maybe, you know, of course, you know, in general, people think it's a bad dream. Um, kind of learning to accept the fact that things literally were never going to be the same anymore, especially at home. You know, like, I would never get to have, like, her pound cake again. It, it was the little thing. Um, she made really, really good pound cake, by the way. And just to know that I would never have that again. You know, she we couldn't go back to school shopping together anymore. Um, just really having to accept the fact that there are things that will be done differently. And as my sister Val would say, and as she still says, accepting the new normal, you know, is new, but it's also going to be like what's going to be normal from this point forward now. So those were the hardest for me that I really had to come to terms with. Okay. Okay. Is there anything, what I'd like to do is um, I'd like for you to, well, first, is there anything that I've not asked you or anything that you want to share that we did not share already? Um, and if there's, if it isn't, then I'd like to end with 
um, with reading, I Dare You to Rejoice. Um, But before we read that, because after I read it, we'll end the show, and I want everybody who's listening, even if you listen to the archive, I want you to clap. And this is (laughs) number one, in honor of Valerie K. Arnold Washington. Um, Washington Arnold. I don't know how that goes, but either way. Um, So, and then just in support of grief, because again, this is something that we, we, you cannot run from. We have to do it one day. We're going to lose someone. Um, and, and for most of us, we're going to lose someone else who's dear to us. And some of you came on later, but I, I remember hearing, I shared earlier that I heard this lady say that grief is what we pay, the, the price we pay for love. And I didn't get it. I just really didn't get it initially. But after some thought, I get it. Like, it's kind of like to know cold, you have to know hot. To know how, to know sadness, you have to have some knowledge of being happy. And so that's life. It's life. We can't run from it. Um, We can't run from pain. We have to endure. And that's how Victoria starts this book out about describing her mom. She was one who endured. So, Victoria, if there's anything else you want to share, anything, because we have have the time. Um, Is there anything you want to share? And if not, then if you will let us hear the clap. And then after I read, uh, I Dare to Rejoice. Or do you want to read it? Do you want to read I Dare to Rejoice? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind reading it. Um, okay, great. You do it. And so, But but tell well, us about me, the clap. Um, okay. <laughs> it's page 54. And so if you'll tell us about the clap, show us, let us hear it. And then at the end, everyone, maybe we'll say on the count of three, <laughs> one, two, three, and we clap. Always went a little bit like this. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could do the three clap, which is, or actually, it might have been four. So it could be be one or the other. Um, So that was the clap. Uh, Once again, it's, or it could be. So. For some reason, I like that one, and it sounds more familiar, the last one. Yes. And that's the one that she did more often, too. So, yeah. Okay, one more time. Um, one more time. Okay, so we got first part, which is, and then second part. So one, okay, two, we got one, it. Two, wait, oh, gosh, I almost messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And um, then we're going to read. Hey, Victoria, I'm sorry. Can can I say one more thing? Okay, because Jay brought brought up another good point that after reading this book that she just will not allow herself to complain. So how about the next time anybody who's listening, first of all, we want you to order the book. Victoria, you got to tell them where to get it. So maybe we should do that before we read the um, I Dare You to Rejoice. You need to tell them where to get the book. Get the book. And then after after you read it, and if you don't get it, um, we still want you to do this, but we want you to get it. And if you don't share it with a young, keep it around for a young person that's going to go through grief because it will happen. 
if you find yourself wanting to complain about anything, you do the clap in honor of Valerie. And if you're on Facebook, tell us I had to do the clap today. So we're going to stop the clap for Kay. How about that? Um, yes. I and it's the I will that. not complain clap. That's what we're going to name it. I will not complain. This too shall pass. How about that, you guys? So I will not complain. After Victoria reads, I <laughs> dare you to rejoice. We're going to say, I will not complain. This too shall pass. And we're going to do the last clap that she did. Show us one more time, Victoria. Okay. So we got. (laughs) And then you got the second one. Okay. Okay. So we got it. All right. So I just wanted to make sure. So I will not complain. This too shall pass. And every time you feel like you are complaining or you, you feel in some kind of way, Y'all gonna hear y'all gonna see me a lot because I'm starting to speak out about my pain so I can gain. Okay. Um so that's that this is uh I will not complain. This too shall pass clap in honor of Valerie K. Washington Arnold. I think I said it right that time. All right, Victoria, all over to you and once you finish we'll do that and I'll end the show. All right. So if anyone is interested in purchasing the book You can go to two places. You can either go to Amazon.com, and you can actually search Behind Closed Doors by Victoria J. Arnold, or you can go directly to my website, Victoria J. uh, J. Like Joe, so VictoriaJArnold.com, and then you'll see a link on there that says Purchase, and it'll take you directly to it. Um, It is on sale right now. Actually, I forgot to mention that. Uh, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and because of this show, I'm going to extend the sale. So it's on sale right now for $10. $10, not $10.99, but just $10 flat out. Um, once again, VictoriaJArnold.com, or go to Amazon and search Behind Closed Doors by Victoria J. Arnold. So, okay, um, Victoria, we have a caller. We have a caller, so don't uh-oh. don't read yet, but finish. Okay, don't read yet, but okay. finish what you oh, were saying. Okay, so we have a caller, and we're going to bring the caller in from area code 404, and the last four digits of your number is 0973. Caller, you're on the air with us. Thank you for calling. Hi. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you fine. Okay, Okay. perfect. Um, my name is Cammie. I know Victoria as well. I met her in high school. Um, we actually did not actually get close until after high school, however. And I just wanted to call in real quick because I was listening in the whole time, and I just wanted to encourage her and uplift her and just say, I'm extremely proud of you, Victoria, and although I've never met your mother as well, I've, hear, I've heard so many stories. And I just want to say I really appreciate you as a friend, and you actually are one of the strongest individuals in my life, and you're your strength actually encouraged me each and every day. So I just wanted to quickly say I am proud of you, I love you, and I read the book in one setting, one night, and it was amazing. So whoever's listening in, please purchase the book. It will change your life because it definitely changed mine as well. Oh, thank, thank you, Cammie. <laughs> and I love you too. No thank problem. you so much. 
You're welcome. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah, Thank so you for calling in and listening. Victoria, you have some wonderful friends. Uh, I know I have a really great, like, group of friends. I really do because we're all, like, there for each other and checking in. Literally, I, I we talk, like, maybe every other day or every day, and sometimes it's just like, how's your day going or what you doing today? So I I really do. I love my friends so much. <laughs> And we awesome. always hang out. So I really appreciate them. And thank you, Cammy, so much. Um, I will literally talk to you very soon. So, <laughs> yes. I want to read a note, a message out of the chat room from Val. She says, I'm clapping, and so is her grandson, Levi. So <laughs> Levi is clapping. So we, we, go, we started something here, you guys. This is, this is uh, I will not complain. This two shall pass clap. So y'all remember that and share with us and tag uh, Victoria and Valenita, her her case daughters. Um, and and this, I mean, it's about joy. This is, you know, we can cry, but there's so much that she left us that we should be able to share and laugh about as well. So, um, and thank you, Rhea. For, Rhea shared all of the links that you gave out in the chat room so that people can. Uh, purchase the book or have the information. Thank you, Rhea, for doing that in the chat room as well. Um, one last oh, time for Rhea? those of you. Yeah, one last great support. One last time, if it's not too late, if you have anything you want to share, um, any questions, um, hopefully you got all that about the book. If not, you can find Victoria on Facebook. You can certainly find Butterfly Evolution. Send me the message and I'll get it to Victoria and she'll help you get the book. Um, but we are asking you to support. We do have another caller. Okay, so Victoria, you good? You okay? Can we keep going? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Okay, so we're pulling in our caller from 770, last four digits, 6609. You're on the air with us. Hi, Tim. It's Victoria. I want to say I'm tired of y'all today. I enjoyed the show so much. Thank you. I love y'all. Thank you, and we love, love you, too. love you, too, Andaya. Okay, thank you. I'm very proud of you, Victoria, Tammy. Y'all did a wonderful show tonight. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I, and thank you for, yeah, I thank you. I got to, I got to, uh-oh, I took her out. I got to tell you, Diane, and I got to say this while the family is on, that you guys I can count on one finger the times that that she has not listened to the show, and there's oftentimes I'll come out and I'm running late, you know, getting on, and she's there, like just waiting. And so I just want to say thank, thank you. you for your support. Um, you 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 exemplify what family looks like. So thank you because you you you've always supported. So from my heart to yours, thank you. Thank you. I love y'all. Love you. Love you, too. We love you, too. Have a safe home. Okay. And looking forward to seeing you next weekend. Bye-bye. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so a little family moment. That's how you do it when you yes, when you do you the show, right? So, But anyway, thank you, Victoria. We are so, so proud of you. you you've taken um, a challenge and, and, and you're making change with it. So 
Let's not forget to clap, everyone. Uh, Victoria, if you don't have anything else, you can just grace us with I dare you to rejoice, and then we'll we'll say I will not complain. I shall not complain. How's that, how's that we're going to do it? Um, this too shall pass? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All so yours. Um, what I'm reading is from a excerpt of the end of the first part of my book. So I dare you to rejoice. Starts off with, throughout my mother's journey, she never let the storm of troubles that she faced become her life. Instead, she let the storm become her testimony and rejoice the whole way through each and every time. In good times and bad times, she exemplified joy. If we choose to rejoice, then we are choosing to live above and beyond the pain we go through in this life. My mother chose to live beyond her cancer. She chose to rejoice. Cancer did not trap my mother, and cancer did not define her. It did not keep her from anything, and it did not stop her from helping others. So if you are a cancer patient or if you are going through other trials of any kind, then I encourage you to rejoice and say at least once a day, and you can phrase it however you want, but the example I have in the book is cancer or whatever trials you may be facing, You know, you can voice that trial, and you can say it does not have me, and it does not define me. And that is I Dare You to Rejoice. All right. So on the count of three, we will say I will not complain, and this too shall pass, and we're going to do the clap. Victoria, count us down. All right. So one, well, should I start from three, two, one? Okay. One, two, Three. I will I, not complain. I will not complain. This and this too, too shall pass. <laughs> Come on, and everybody, clap. <laughs> Yay! Just clap. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to be there when someone experiences grief. Be there in whatever way, whether it's cookies in the middle of the night like Jade, um, a phone call, a cry, just be there. Just be there. We, 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 we can get away from, you know, they're in a better place and time. Let's save that for later. Let's just be present. Let's show up, especially for our young people. We love you all, Victoria. Your family is proud of you. Val, I know you're listening. We're proud of you as well. I'm sure your mama is having a hallelujah moment, and you guys need to have a hallelujah life. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Love you all. And and, and big big ups to Joe. We cannot leave husband out. I'm sure he's listening or oh, will yeah. listen. Thank you for being there for my cousin. I, I thank you. And for my um, little cousins. <laughs> So thank you all. All right. Love you all. Love you, Victoria. Love to all my family and friends who are in support tonight. Have a blessed day. Love you. Love you guys. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. In a little town
Come around. 